Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The great chasm that separates the rich man and poor Lazarus, that great chasm is not his wealth, his health, it's not the difference between their prosperity, it's not in their works of charity. All the fine clothing, the food and the pleasure of this world, rich man, or even the lack of any of those things, or Lazarus, that's not the difference, that's not the chasm. And nor can you bridge the chasm with acts of charity, love, nor is the chasm created by the opposite, failure to care for your neighbor. No, the great chasm that separates the rich man and poor Lazarus, that had everything to do with their eternal salvation, respectively, is faith, or lack thereof. We learn from the Gospel today that faith does not come by receiving or by giving earthly gifts. Faith comes only, that is, trust in God only comes by the word of God. Faithful Abram believed the word that the Lord spoke, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Lazarus heard the voice of the Lord as the Lord spoke to him by Moses and the prophets. And poor Lazarus believed. Such spirit-given faith holds fast to Jesus, even when things don't seem to agree in our lives. Like the psalmist who says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Now, like the rich man, try to put your trust in your stuff, in your living. See how it goes. Some of you have a lot of experience. Are you happy when you don't have what you want? Don't you doubt God still? And when you have everything you want, you still doubt God because you want even more. Stuff does not give contentment. There is no satisfaction in pleasures or money or wealth, possessions. No lasting satisfaction even in a great meal, a sumptuous feast. But what does faith say? We learned this yesterday, children. Faith says that God gives me everything I need to support this body and life. And it is enough. That's what faith says. 
But more than that, faith also confesses that God has given you everything you need, not just for your body and life, but for your neighbor's life, for your neighbor's marriage and family, for his possessions, for his income, for his reputation. That's the Ten Commandments stuff. Faith doesn't hold on to anything, but believes everything is received as gift. For you, yes, and for your neighbor. You have been given to so that, God willing, you will give. Now, I don't know what your life is like, but I imagine you think this giving is kind of a dangerous idea. Give it away now. Don't hold on to anything. But, Pastor, what about tomorrow? What about my future plans, my goals, my visions, my retirement? It actually doesn't matter. Plans change. Goals are forgotten. Visions are usually just pipe dreams. And God may have something else in store for you than retirement. You really don't have to save for tomorrow when you already have today. And if Jesus is true, tomorrow is already taken care of by God. So that is why the Lord laid at the rich man's gates poor Lazarus. And the Lord has done the same for you. He has laid at your gates family, and friends, and neighbors, even enemies, who need your generous, loving kindness. Think about it. He has laid at your gate a congregation to support so that your community would hear the gospel preached and receive acts of the Lord's mercy, the Spirit's kindness. Think about it. He's laid at your gate a school in need, no doubt. The congregation's chief act of mercy for this community where the faith is taught, where children are encouraged in lifelong vocations, where they are instructed in the way that they should go. You see, you really don't have to look very far for a poor Lazarus. As the Apostle Paul says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6. And he also says, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, that's here, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. <coughs> to be like the rich man and neglect those whom the Lord has put at your feet, especially as they are your own brothers and sisters in Christ, scriptures say, is to deny the faith, to deny Christ. Christ is in your neighbor. So what this means is that the life of the Christian is not one about abandoning the world, abandoning those in need. Rather, abiding in God's love that is yours in Christ Jesus, you love your neighbor. You use the gifts that God has given you for the benefit of your neighbor's physical needs, 
the love of Christ which dwells in your hearts by the forgiveness of sins means that you have what you need to care for the sick, the needy, and the hungry. To say otherwise is to deny, deny God and to deny his word. And really, if you did give it away, what's the worst that could happen? Lose everything? Bankrupt yourself, loving your neighbor? Go broke for the sake of the gospel? And what would that be? What loss would that be but gain? And what if these gifts are wasted, it seems, on them? So what of that? Or as the hymn says, ah, what of that? You see, there's nothing in this world, there's no wealth that can match the poverty of the heart. That is, when all your earthly desires disappear and you're left alone, not quite alone, you're left with Jesus and his word alone. That's actually what we long for, to have not a care in this world, but Christ, who makes us truly rich. As we sing, Jesus is our priceless treasure. Only Jesus is worth holding on to. Everything else can go. As a matter of fact, it ultimately does anyway. So consider Lazarus. Yes, he is poor, quote-unquote. But he has been clothed with the robes of Christ's righteousness. His purple robes are Christ's precious blood. Yes, he suffered earthly sores. But now he rejoices in the resurrection of the body. He suffered famine for a time. But now he feasts the heavenly banquets of Christ's own body and blood for him. The feast that never ends. And what does Lazarus mean after all, his name? Does anybody know? Lazarus means one whom God helps. Maybe just doesn't quite help in the way that you would expect. But let's also avoid one other confusion that may have come into your mind today. You could give everything away and still not have the one thing needful, Jesus. Even if, hypothetically speaking, the rich man had given away everything he had to the poor, lacking faith in the word of God received by Moses and the prophets, he still would not have attained heavenly joy. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, this work, even as generous and as charitable as it looks, would avail the rich man nothing. But pastor, another one too. What about us who have so little to give? You keep talking about giving wealth away. What, what about us? Well, you've probably heard about giving time and talents before, and that's true. But there's one thing that every one of you have, Over, overflowing, an overflowing cup, the scriptures say, for your neighbor. And that gift, no other confession, no other religion has, and no one else can take from you, and never runs out. And it's this, 
You are forgiven in Christ Jesus. You are forgiven today. You're forgiven tomorrow. You are forgiven forever. And specifically today, the Lord forgives you for your miserliness, for your greed, and for your neglect of neighbor. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's the good news today. God isn't holding any of this against you. Because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for that too. He has set you free. Free to stop counting. Free to stop judging. Free to stop worrying or being afraid. Free to start living for your neighbor. Thus, no matter what, the greatest gift that you have is one that you will always have. And that's to speak Christ's word of forgiveness and new life to all. The love of God is best shown showering upon others his heavenly gifts. Yes, you love your, body, your brother in his body, but also, and even more importantly, into eternity, caring for his soul, proclaiming forgiveness, life, and salvation to all. For all need that gift. Charity and other acts of love might provide opportunity to love, but the greatest love of all is to give the love of Jesus. Because the ultimate love of God is the love known to you by Christ in his cross, his death and resurrection for you. Complete and full sacrificial love that abides in you, his faithful, is that love that you may show to your brother. All the stuff of this world is just a distraction. Love of earthly mansions, well, these things crumble and fade and fall into disrepair. But today you came into the Lord's house as beggars. Beggars having nothing to give to the Lord but everything to receive from him. Yes, today the Lord has brought you by his word to see that you too are infected with sores, sin sores if you like. You too need death and resurrection, resurrection of the body. And you are hungry and thirsty, maybe in your body, but especially in your soul. Hungry and thirsty for righteousness, begging to receive even crumbs that today fall for you from the master's table. This is the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. Abide in this love, and in this love, love will be perfected in you. May God grant it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.